Well, before we do anything, hi. Hi. How's it going? Well, I'm a little disappointed. Nobody. Oh, wait. I shouldn't say that before we say no, this is going to be spoilers. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go down. <laughs> Hello and but welcome I'm, to I'm the Movie Man Podcast. <laughs> the B Team. Uh, my name is Brady. And I'm Carl. And um, yeah, so, I, well, I mean, to hell with preamble, let's just state <laughs> right off the bat that this is a spoiler review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So if you have not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and you're worried about spoilers, um, this is not the episode to listen to at this given time. It is, however, the episode to return to and listen to once you've seen guardians of the galaxy volume three yes because like a like any good pirate we're going to have all the spoils yeah now listen before you tell me what you're disappointed about what you love what you don't love you're because you and i have not talked about this i don't know what you thought we both just saw it last night you don't know what i thought i don't know what you thought i do want to before we go any further i want to very briefly take a quick stroll back through time and just kind of remind ourselves of what the track record has been like for the MCU post-Endgame. Because mm. up until Endgame, we've talked about it many times on the show, There's there was the odd miss, you know? There was your, there was your Thor Dark Worlds. Yeah. There, there was your... And I would say Thor the Dark World is kind of really the one that everybody goes, oh, yeah, that was a miss. Yeah, it's the, the one to hate on in the early yeah, years. Yeah, there are other divisive ones. I know that there's a lot of hate out there for Iron Man 2 and 3. I like Iron Man 2 and 3, so I can't, uh, you know. Yeah. I um, like Iron Man 2 and 3. I thought, like, the, the kind of the villain story arc in 3 was a little weak, but other than that, it yeah. was still good. Yeah. Um, there's some hate out there for Captain Marvel. Yeah. I didn't hate i don't hate it the way you know is it the strongest entry in the mcu no i don't hate it the way that you know some other people out there seem to hate it um so let's let's take a little quick stroll here so post end game in order of release first we had black widow again super divisive i actually just watched it last night as well finished watching it last night um like a second watch uh what do you mean? Oh, I was like a third or fourth watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like a rewatch. I rewatched yeah. it. Um, yeah. You know what is super divisive? It, it came out totally at the wrong time. Absolutely. But it's, I really like it. Aside from yeah. like, the, it's a little kind of BSE towards the end where you're like, are we having a fight falling? Are we having a fight? in free fall and it's just this big kind of this movie that up until this point has been fairly grounded as all of a sudden becomes a little fantastical but because they were on the ground no no they're like if falling <laughs> off the anyways shut up um <laughs> so divisive but i didn't think was bad then we had shang chi legend of the ten rings fantastic fantastic movie felt great was like okay here we go we're post end game it, business as usual, it's a new phase. You're introducing some new heroes, yeah. um, it was, just as you've done was, before. It was also great because it kind of did what Ant-Man did, and that it flipped 
it took like kind of the MCU's cookie cutterish um kind of cliche superhero movie and flipped it and turned it into more of a martial arts film. Yeah. Where it's kind of Ant-Man turned it into a, turned that superhero genre into a heist film. Yeah. Which was really great. Um, then we have Eternals. Super divisive. I actually quite like Eternals. I'm an Eternals in fan. I thought it was, you know, I, I'm still sitting here kind of in the dark going, but how does it tie in? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what I thought it was okay. Tissue? I didn't think it was great. But yeah, like you you me and Pete on our three-way chat, we're like we've we've shared a, I've at least I've shared a few times little memes about like they haven't like this was a huge event for Earth and nothing since that movie has really touched on it. No, there's been there was like a small reference in Quantumania there was a small reference in something else, She-Hulk, maybe, um, but nothing yeah. that was nothing that's like actually like said, "Hey, let's address what happened." Let's address why this massive being just appeared in the sky, yeah, and this massive being started coming out of the earth. <laughs> yeah, uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like it was great. You know, it was it was two hours of fan service, two and a half hours of fan service, but it was fan service done real well. And and yeah, yeah, love. Can we no can help. we point out that the other thing, the MCU, and we've talked about this a bit on the, our chat too, is that the MCU, this this what the movie, all the movies we're talking about, with the exception of Black Widow, are post snap, post the Thanos. And hardly any of them have addressed life post snap. Uh, They've the touched sh- on it. Yeah. They've touched on it more than the eternal stuff. <clears throat> yeah. But hardly any of them, all, almost all of them are like, yeah, let's just go about life as per normal. Spider-Man's yeah. probably done the best job. The shows kind of touch it more than the films have, I think. Yeah. Um, like even then it's, it's, it, it seems odd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dr. Strange with the multiverse of madness. Um, I there's this is a super divisive one. There's a lot of hate out there for it. A lot of people go, "Oh, it was awful." I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I've yeah only maybe seen it twice. I saw it twice in the theaters. I haven't seen it since, Um, but I will soon because Brianne and I are sort of rewatching the MCU right now, Um, and Mm. so it's on the docket. Where yet? Uh, We're doing it in timeline order. Um, so bla- you're gonna watch Black Widow when it should have been watched. <laughs> yeah, so that was we just watched Black Widow last night, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, right after having watched Civil War, <laughs> and it it was like, oh, this feel this like really fits in, like it fits in great. Yeah. So yeah, that's where it should have been all along. Yeah. Like, um, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. So I really liked it. I know a lot of people didn't. I thought it was great. I, it's fun. It's it's. I liked the dark Sam Raiminess of it. Yeah. Right. That the Evil Dead Two kind of feel. Um, Thor: Love and Thunder. This for me, film wise, was the first real letdown in in the post Endgame film category. Um, I don't hate it. I don't think it's trash. But compared to Ragnarok, which this was a follow-up to, this was a massive step down. Yeah, it was a flop. 
It was, a it was, massive. it's not as bad as dark world. I don't think. No, but they leaned too heavy into goofiness into the like, silly. Like it's, it, you know, I couldn't take any, like anytime anything was about to be like a really serious moments happening. Somebody on screen is acting like a fool. And it's like, yeah, like I, I can't take this film seriously if they're not going to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Then we yeah. have black Panther Wakanda forever. I actually enjoyed this one. I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed black Panther one. Um, <laughs> It's still the like Black Panther's still not my favorite franchise within the MCU. Um, but I didn't think it was I especially given the circumstances that they had in the production of this film, the fact that they were so far into production and then Chadwick Boseman passed away. Um, and they had to go, yeah. okay, oh shit. <laughs> like, I can't I, remember what I, we reviewed this one. We did. I feel like I thought it was just kind of okay. And the first one was better. I didn't, cause I didn't like a lot of the. Yeah, I think the, so. Um, I think so. You were a little one, more what, lukewarm than I was. Yeah. Not, they weren't, not second tier heroes. What do we call them again? Um, uh, like reimagining legacy. the characters as, as somebody else kind of. Uh, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Anyway, people know yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, Ant-Man and the Cosp- Quasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, hot trash. Pretty much through and through, I thought that film was hot trash. Like, yeah. It just was, it was so bad. It was so bad in so many ways. Um, then quickly, the TV shows, WandaVision was incredible. WandaVision, uh, there are a couple of people out there who I just, I don't think got it or maybe watched the first couple of episodes and didn't wait to kind of have it all come into focus and make sense. And so they were just like, well, this is too silly and it's too weird. And it's got like, it doesn't make any sense. WandaVision was amazing. Like WandaVision was the true return to the water cooler show, the show that each week we were all talking about. We were all throwing theories around. We were all, couldn't wait for the next episode to come out yeah and and you're right once the like the glass kind of broke for in the show like the it was it the people wanda kind of started realizing what was going on and that that's when it really started to get good yeah uh then we had falcon and the winter soldier um i enjoy this i it was a letdown compared to what my expectation was my level of of anticipation for falcon and winter soldier um it it just seemed slow at times like there was a lot of stuff that i thought could have been cut um and this was one of those projects that instead of being an eight or however long episode series could have been condensed down into an hour 45 minute movie um and it would have been I don't know, just as just as good, if not better, I think. Um, then we had Loki. Loki was a lot of fun. Loki had its ups and downs. There was definitely some times in Loki where it, it wasn't the greatest. Um, but it I was, thought Loki was great. But it was I enjoyed fu- it. It was episode. fun. Loki's still that one series, though, that we're sitting here going, uh, how does this... Like, if you remove Loki... If you remove Loki and you remove, um, what's the other one? Loki, if you remove Loki and you remove the Eternals, then 
the MCU makes a lot more sense than it currently does. Those well, are the Loki Loki ties into Ant-Man strongly. Strongly, but there's still a lot of like the TVA and what exactly are the like who started the how long has multiverse been around? Was it the fault like did we see the birth of a multiverse in Loki in the TVA? Well, no, cuz it seems like multiverse has been around forever. Like it it just there was a lot we we still don't understand how it plays in with the 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 world rules of the rest of really? the MCU. I thought it was pretty clear. What do we multiverse what do you mean? up to the point of Loki, multiverse ex- exists but it doesn't because the TVA kept it to just one universe. After after Loki, the multi- the multiverse reemerges. Yeah, but there was something... <clears throat> I'm trying to remember what anymore. movie it was. Maybe it was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania when we were talking about... Or when we reviewed... I can't remember what it was now. But there's somewhere... There's like some weird contradictions with multiverse within the MCU. Um, All the multiverse stuff happens after Loki. No, I know. But there's a lot of references. There's... I'll figure There's it out. References I'll, I'll to come- it. Like the first Spider-Man movie references it. Or the second one. Second one. Second Spider-Man movie references it with where um Oh shoot. Uh fish fishbowl head. Um Right. He mentions it. Well, okay, uh, so but here's the thing. Like the to- okay, so here you go. And that's right? the first mention of it. Okay, but so here you go. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. All the stuff in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, just by virtue of the age of Tobey Maguire in No Way Home, happened like 20 years ago. So? So? In another universe. So? So you're saying that multiverse was, there was only one, it was all kept to one universe prior to, prior to Loki. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, there's, there's... (laughs) I know somewhere there's like this weird thing where it it doesn't quite fit or we're still waiting for explanations as to how it works. Yeah. So in my mind, it it works. And I think the the best explanation of it is the visual in Loki when the timeline starts to explode into multiple timelines and universes there. So up until that point, there's just one line and anytime a branch forms, they prune it back and there's no, it doesn't exist. So there's just one universe. So they're keeping it to one universe. But when, right. With when the it exception explodes, of it explodes all the way across the timeline back to the beginning of time. Right. right. So, so all of a sudden Tobey Maguire Spider-Man exists back in the timeline. And yeah, he's older now because like in terms of keeping up with time, his his it, I don't know it's it's this is it's that kind of time paradox thing like time exists mm-hmm. outside of itself in the TVA right right anyways moving on um uh da, da, da. so after Loki we had what if what if was just kind of a fun romp I wouldn't consider it you know like it's not necessarily you don't have to look at it through the lens of canon. It's just kind of, you know, they're, that's, they're exactly what they are. They're what if they're else world kind of fun little yeah. mini adventures. Um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a letdown for me. 
Um, I still thoroughly enjoyed Hawkeye. I enjoyed the setting, the Christmas in New York. Like, you know, it had this kind of like Home Alone kind of feel to it. It was like, it was fun. I really enjoy um, the Hawkeye character. Um, Having Yelena show up again was fantastic. Um, And it it made sense, right? As far as she's concerned, Clint's responsible for the death of Nat. Um, I just... Um, the whole Echo stuff, I thought Echo was done kind of really poorly. And it just, like, towards the end, just yeah. kind of, I felt, went off the rails. I thought the Hawkeye stuff was really great. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually had forgot about it till you just mentioned it. But, like, it, I think it's one that deals with the Snap stuff probably the most now that now that it's in my mind again. Right. Yeah, it does. Right, it talks it, to, we get it's to all see. about Hawkeye Hawkeye not being the hero he used to be because of everything that's happened. Yeah, and we also get to see some some flashbacks through Yelena's perspective of um like you know, where she was when she came back and yeah. like how that all yeah. yeah. Um Moon Knight, I think Moon Knight was a misfire. I was so excited for Moon Knight and Moon Knight was a show that kind of just asked a thousand questions and then decided to answer three questions, two of which weren't even one of the questions that it initially asked. And so like, it just, it felt rushed. It felt disjointed. It was, it was kind of, yeah, sticky. Yeah. I thought it was good, but I don't think it fits in the MCU very well. Cause like you're saying, it, it asks a bunch of questions and it creates a bunch of questions that no, again, nobody in the MCU has answered. Yeah, exactly. It's like these, like this, I'm mentioning it again. Like this is two, two massive beings fighting in Egypt and we've not addressed it since it yeah. seems, seems odd. Like per, Previous to this point, like in previous iterations, like the battle for New York was like the biggest thing to happen that would be kind of global news. Everything else in the standalone standalone uh, films was pretty like maybe North American news, but like people in Europe aren't going to care so much. I don't think, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is pretty, pretty big deal. These two massive monsters that, look that looked crazy fighting in egypt like right yeah and and it's not being addressed anywhere else it just seems odd (laughs) yeah um we had miss marvel i thought miss marvel was great it was fun it was charismatic it was just it was all around entertaining and a lot of fun um yeah Uh, again for i think for the same reason that um, Shang Chi and Ant the Ant Man one and two were really good. It change, kind of flips the script on that kind of traditional uh, origin story. It's not just a superhero origin. It's kind of like this. It's a little goofier. It's a little not goofier. Um, like the 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 cinematography of it, the the tone of it yep. doesn't feel like a superhero origin story, right? It's not dark or broody or, or yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it was really good for that. Like it, it kind of went in new, bold direction and it did well doing so. Um, I am Groot. 
I am Groot was it was cute. It's but it's super inconsequential. It's just it, kind of a they're like the what ifs. Yeah, it's just a fun little thing to you know throw in there. Uh, she Hulk, She Hulk. I've said this. Um, I've heard other people say this, and I stand by it. She, the, the big issue with She-Hulk is She-Hulk was marketed, set out, and intended to be sort of like a, a, a sitcom. It was a comedy. It was a, a it was a comedy show. But you run into issues when you're you have a comedy show that isn't really funny. <laughs> like it just it. Uh, uh. It, so many issues, it, janky CGI and and jokes that didn't land, and fourth wall breaks that were kind of sometimes kind of really worked, and we're like, okay, yeah, this is fun, but other times were just like tacky and thrown in there. Uh, she Hulk was a hot mess. Well, and extreme, right? Like that's a pretty extreme fourth wall break to kind of. Oh yeah, like how do you? how do you have her interact in a big um, combination film, mm-hmm. an Avengers level film? Yeah. Like she could just walk through a door and be like, no, no, the big bad shouldn't do this. Well, I mean, that's this. the same issue with bringing win. Deadpool in, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dead, Deadpool's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then closing off the category, just with the two special presentations we've gotten, uh, Werewolf by Night, fantastic Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, way better than it had any right being. <laughs> like, just both both fantastic. But the thing to look at here is it's it's not as clean a track record as what we had in Phase 1, 2, and 3. Right. Yeah. Phase four, eh, kind of here, there, everywhere. Phase five, so far, the only entry aside from Guardians, volume three that we had in phase five was Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. That was not a good start. It was not a good kickoff to phase five. So let's get into initial impressions. I'm here to say that sitting in a movie theater last night. Watching this Marvel film. Now, here's the thing. Regardless of whether this film is great or horrible or mediocre or what have you, it doesn't mean that the MCU's doomed. It doesn't mean that they're back on track. It doesn't it doesn't mean any of those things because the next project could come out and it could be amazing or awful or what it's all independent of each other. But sitting in the movie theater last night was the first time in a long time, that I was watching an MCU film and I couldn't help but ask myself, are we back on track? <laughs> are we? Because this feels this feels like phase three MCU. Yeah. This, this, this feels like just the old, like this feels yeah. like the days when you knew you knew that you were, you'd yeah. bought tickets to go see an MCU film, and you knew that you were in for a good time tonight. And it hasn't been like that in a long time. It's been, ah, uh, okay, we got MCU tickets tonight. I hope this one's good. But man, 
I just sat down and from the moment the film started, uh, don't get me wrong, I've got one or two grievances, but I got a lot of praises. And not since maybe a little bit in No Way Home, but really not since Endgame was I like tearing up. Mm. Tearing up, crying from laughter, crying from emotions, crying from from just like, oh my God, are we back on track? Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, best MCU film in quite some time, and I really, really hope it's an indicator that, you know what? Phase 4 was kind of a mess. We get it. But we're back. <laughs> what are your initial impressions of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? So, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was one of my favorite Marvel films for a long time until um, Thor uh, Ragnarok. And that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was right, right on par, is right on par in my, like, neck and neck quality like in terms oh, of Oh interesting cuz I I, I like don't them. think that's the common opinion. No, it's not. But I think they're equally good. Okay. The third one is right on par. It's it's the same thing. Probably though it it's got a uh, because of a few what I would consider missteps in in the script and and the storytelling for this film is a, it's a bit below it, So it would be, it would rank the third out of the three guardian films, mm-hmm. but it's still really good. I, yeah, okay. it was a lot of fun. All right. So that's, it's interesting up until the, this moment, we never know what is the dynamic of this episode going to be? Yeah. <laughs> like, is this, are we, are we going to gush together? Are we going yeah. to bash so. together or are we going to be, at odds. At odds. Um, okay. Yeah, sounds like we're going to gush together. It will be interesting, though, because it sounds like we both have beefs. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if any of our beefs align. So should we get and beefs out of the way? If there's, if, there, if there's any counterpoints to the beefs. Okay. Let's get beefs out of the way so that we can okay. just then gush on then this thing. Then we can thing. just gush. <laughs> we can fangirl. The one... Really, the only thing that I'm going to label as a beef. I mean, there's there might be the odd little moment or line or whatever that didn't work for me, but whatever, right? No film is going to like be just a perfect, perfect thing. Um, so, but the one thing that I think I I'm holding in my beef category is that James Gunn. Kevin Feige, the writers, whoever whoever we need to point a finger at. This film, we'll just say Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, did not have the nerve, did not have the gull, and did not have the bravery to kill off a character. Yes! Yes! Absolutely. And I Damn think... Straight. I think... That it hurts the film. Y- yes, I think so. I like you could have you could easily have done Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and not have had anyone die, and I wouldn't have been sitting here complaining. 
But the issue for me comes in where you have at least two characters who come within an inch of death. Where you you tease the death, where you really make it seem like that's what's going to happen. You build up the emotions, you build up the shock value, and then you go, just kidding. Yeah. Right? And when nobody dies at the end of the film, for me, I look back at it and I go, how the stakes weren't real because nobody's yeah. dead. They're they're invincible. Their plot armor sur- helps them all survive. Well, I mean, there was stakes, like uh, in the sense that Rocket's life was yes, in the but balance. I'm not saying there's not stakes. I'm just saying those stakes that they've created, they feel false because because the danger wasn't really there. Right. If the danger was there, then somebody would have died. They didn't that's follow why, through on in their In my threat. opinion, that's why Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 are some of the best Marvel films because somebody dies in each of them. Right. Groot dies in the first one. Yeah. And for those that are unaware... It's not the same Groot. The Groot in Guardians 2 and 3 is not the Groot from Guardians 1. He is Groot's progeny. So he's a completely different being. Yep. Groot died in Guardians 1. That adds weight and consequences to their battle, to their struggle. And the second one, Yondu dies. That adds weight and consequences to their struggle. Oh, I mean, Taserface died too. No one dies. There's no weight to, or consequences to their struggle. Right. And it hurts well, the film. I mean, Rocket's friends die. But yes, but that's in a flashback. And I don't, it doesn't, I I thought the same thing. I was thinking about this last night, walking home from the theater. I was, I thought nobody died. This sucks. While Rocket's friends died. I had the same thought, but it doesn't hit the same because it's a flashback and they're not any of the main characters. It has to be a main character that, that really passes. Right. I I just, d- I don't want to downplay the Rockets friend. Like we'll get to that. We'll unpack it. No, it's just cause it, it's that, a- that in itself in its own moment and its own part in the film hits hard. Yeah. And it, it adds weight and value to Rockets personal right. struggle, but walking away and, and moving why forward he is, who he is. But in terms of the film and the actual, what they're actually trying to do, it doesn't add weight or value to. Yeah. It just so makes who do you, you care about Rocket even more. So who do you think, because there was real two threats of, of characters dying here. Obviously, we had Rocket. And I'm going to be honest, like uh, it, Rocket's moments in the third act uh, are some of my favorite moments. There are moments that I'm going to sit here and gush about. <clears throat> yeah. Have, having said that, in the moment when we were clearly only two thirds of the way through the film and Rocket's back on his feet, I did find it jarring. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a movie long struggle, a movie long conflict that, that Rocket is dying. Um, with the potential at the end. Now, an argument could be made that, well, you know, then it would be kind of like, you know, it'd be okay. It'd be okay to end 
it'd be okay to end the second in a trilogy in sort of a really negative way where, you know, it we just, we were unsuccessful. Rocket died. Um, but to be like the kind of the capstone film for the trilogy, to be the last time that these three Guardians are together the way they are, I get that if your main mission of this film is let's save Rocket and then you don't save Rocket, it would, you would have walked out feeling just a little weird about it. You would have walked out feeling like, huh, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't have had, the the film would lack the feel good kind of wrap up that you get which I think is equally as important that you do need that like you know okay we we were accomplished and things are going to be okay um the second threat obviously was Star-Lord was Peter yeah and I've got a couple of thoughts on this I thought it, in the moment that Peter that it seemed like Peter was dead man like his face is all like swollen and sucked out and awful and and he's in space and even Groot can't get to him and and all this stuff it uh, in that moment I was like you know what this feels right this feels good yes Starlo- Peter's not gonna make it and that'll be really tragic but what a bold person to kill off and I'm and I applaud you and this is fantastic Having said that, I did feel weird about, okay, so, but then the thing that took Peter Quill down was the fact that he was stupid and went back for his iPod. Like, yeah, that would have bugged me. That would have felt, so they would have had to have done it in a different way. I, I would, would have, have just, rem- yeah. I would have removed the, oh, he went back for something. Yeah, no right? matter what you to kill anybody, you have to rewrite this script some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because then ultimately it was like really because nice. Because if the person, yeah, li- like you're saying, if the person dies, it has to be some sort of sacrifice to save the others, to really make it feel like there, the, there's, there's, um, like the danger is there, right? Because if yeah. it's not a sacrifice play, then they're just like, like you're saying, Peter is just being stupid. I mean, it would it would have brave. simply worked for me if you had just removed the shot of him going back and grabbing the MP3 player. If it was just he was the last one off the ship and he was a little yeah. too late. Yeah, and he was just a casualty of of war. Well, and it and it does just what I said do, by doing that, right? Like he he was the last one off because he was trying to save everybody else. Right, he wasn't going back for an MP3. He's trying to be the hero. Yes. Yeah. Well, and 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 they do. We do get a cute little bow on that, right? That that the this MP3 player that the whole time, you know, he's been rocket. Stop taking my MP3 player. Stop taking my MP3 player. Um, and then we find out that you know at this moment, Peter already knew that he was leaving, and so he went back his parting gift to Rocket was this mp3 player and he went back and got it for him and yeah. so i mean that's well, he had been leaving it with rocket the whole the whole film while yeah. rocket was on the table dying yeah and so that would it kind of it gives that cute little okay i it 
yeah, you went back and grabbed it for a reason. It's not the same as like in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you've had character progression because in Guardians of the Galaxy one, his little tape cassette player thing, he would have risked life or limb for that thing because that's all he had from his mother. Right. And it was this, you know, so the one other thing I'll say, and this, it doesn't fall into a beef category for me, but it does fall into a potential negative for the film. This didn't really bother me because it's not a character that I'm, you know, I, I wasn't like just itching and burning and waiting and itching and burning. I don't know why this became like get a, a doctor to look at that a topical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't just like dying to see this character and cause I'm just not like, you know, it's not one of those characters I'm a massive fan of. Um, and so I, I ultimately, I didn't care. It didn't make a big difference to me, but I can see like walking out of the theater last night when I was giving my quick little, you know, response to, to what I think. I can see a lot of people, a lot of comic book fans, a lot of diehards having a real issue with how they did Adam Warlock. Yeah, I could see that potentially. Because he is kind of just a half-cooked idiot <laughs> in this movie. Like, yeah. he's he's he came out of the cocoon too early and he doesn't understand kind of anything. He's, he's, he's got a mind of a child. Mind of a child. And I know, again, I'm not a massive Adam Warlock fan. I didn't really care. He wasn't on my, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait list. So ultimately, I was just kind of like, I didn't enjoy his character. I was like, he kind of adds nothing to this for me, like at all. He just kind of felt like he was there for the sake of being there. Um, but I do know that that's not the Adam Warlock that that's not the fully developed Adam Warlock that, that you get in the comics. Yeah. And so I know that that's not what people were looking for going in. And it felt yeah. kind of like it, it, it I was kind of like they modocked him in a lot yeah. of ways. I'm not super, I'm going to Google wiki him real quick. Because I'm not super familiar with his um, origin story, but I'm, but but I know it has to do more with the Soul Stone. Yeah, like at some point he gets he, they they vision him right. He has the Soul Stone on yeah. his forehead. The High Evolutionary puts the Soul Stone on his forehead. Was it? The, did the High Evolutionary create him? In yes. Yeah. Comics. Yeah. yeah so okay. that's all consistent. That, that's what I was wondering. Yep. That's all consistent. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I just, so again, didn't bother me. He was a useless character to me. Like I, I didn't, you know, I had no use for him. Um, but, but I can see some people being really upset and just feeling like they got gypped out of their, the Adam Warlock they wanted. Yeah. I thought the, um, Michelangelo's creation of Adam scene was a little odd. Like yeah. it's tongue in cheek because he's Adam and he's in the role of God in this scenario. I thought it was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. I, that pulled me right out. I was like, what is this? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why do we need this? 
So do you have any other gripes? Like any any beef you got to air? Yeah. So, so my biggest one is obviously that nobody dies. And you were kind of touching on like like who could have died. Um, I don't think Rocket or Star-Lord could have died, should have died. Because the ending of this film is so... It's perfect. Like it uh, in that how it, the way it kind of um, puts a put, uh, puts a cake topper. I don't know whatever saying you want to put in here. It, it it encapsulates. It bookends. There's the good good analogy. It bookends the, the trilogy so well with Star Lord going back home, but the Guardians still exist, and a rocket is now their leader. Yeah. Uh, so. I wouldn't want that to change. I think that's a, a great ending for this film and for this trilogy, which so, and who, who could have died? I think Gamora could have been an easy, easy kill. Like she died once already. Yeah. Why not kill her again? It does. I, it, it wouldn't have met. I don't think it would have made any difference. Well, and see for um, me, that's, I think that's the reason why that one doesn't work for me is because yeah, I'm like, well, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Right, that, she's that already one's been the killed. weakest. That yeah. one's the weakest. Yeah. I don't think you can kill Groot. Groot already made a sacrifice play again. I said it was a different Groot. It yeah. is, yeah. But again, just for, feel for the same reason you wouldn't kill Gamora, you can't kill Groot. Yeah. So Drax. Right? So Drax, Mantis, and Nebula. Any mm-hmm. one of those three. I think. I thought. I thought they were going to kill Nebula. I didn't think she was going to get off the bridge. Right. I thought her yeah. getting off the she should have died on the bridge. I think, I thought that I think was a she would have been the best moment. choice. I'll pilot she it. She would have been the best choice. Yeah. She was like, I'll pilot it. And she kind of hooks into it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I yeah. had that thought too. I was like, she's this is the sacrifice. So, out of all of them, her or Drax, I think, would have been the cleanest most for, for in terms of story. Would have made would have made the best kind of um thing. Drax is a little predictable because he's headstrong and throws himself in the danger. I think Nebula would have been better because it would have, it would have affected everybody on the team, including Gamora, who is technically not a part of the team anymore and doesn't care about any of them. Yeah. So it throws that emotional weight behind everybody else. Who's the guardians. You're still left with the original guardians for the final fight scene. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so it, I think that for me, that is that is the one who should have died. Yeah, right? I think I'm with you. This this person who's who up until really the end of Endgame was a very selfish person to make this selfless. All of a sudden, make this selfless play. It's beautiful for her character arc. It's beautiful for the trilogy's character uh, story. It's beautiful for everyone else's character arc. I think that would have been the should have been what should have been in the other reason I, this is like such a big deal for me is all the promotional stuff for this. They're saying the guardians are done. The guardians are over. The guardians aren't going to be who they, they are now moving forward. Right. And Which is all, true. Like you've got, you know, like um, all the actors playing these characters are like, yep, I'm, I'm done. You know, Drax isn't going to be, I'm not playing Drax anymore. I'm not playing this, per-. you know, like, so it's like, I'm 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 walking into this film fully expecting to see somebody die so that yeah. there are stakes and nobody dies. Oh man, I felt so ripped off. <laughs> they should have killed Howard. Yeah, it was it was a little it was 
Yeah. It would have been disheartening to see somebody die, but for a, for good reasons, right. Yeah. To, to help add emotional weight to the, to the conflict, mm-hmm. but there wasn't, and it, nothing happened. And uh, it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, I think one of my other gripes is, uh, we talked about how, um, uh, which, which film was it? We talked about earlier going through the list. Um, I wrote them down here. Which one was, t- oh, we talked about how Thor Love and Thunder was just too goofy. Yeah. This, the Guardians was the one who kind of brought this kind of humor into Marvel. Yeah. There was a little bit of it with Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Iron Man. Yeah. But but not to the degree that Marvel, uh, the Guardians did. And right. since Guardians, it's conti- it's become more of a mainstay in MCU. I think even this film went a little overboard with it. Really? There were some moments where they were feeling the, the it was feeling like, Oh shit. Uh, there were like some real Oh shit moments. And then all of a sudden they threw humor in and it's like, it was and usually in the form of Drax or Mantis being idiots. Do you have an example? Just cause I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't instantly feel that way. Um, and so I'm just curious what um, moments struck you. Man, I, I didn't write any down. Okay, was, no, that's fine. But it was just a thought I had uh, at walking out of the theater. Hmm. Um, the biggest one that's, that hits me is is when the um, evolutionary's ship is taking off and, and um, Nebula's telling them to, to fly the ship to her and they're right behind her. Oh, really? That, like, that irked you? That was a, that, 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 like, they're like, shit's hitting the fan. And I, ha, 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 I was like, well, now I don't, the, you just like, humor is good in the right places. And I feel like this movie subverted stakes a, a lot of times with humor. Interesting. Yeah, I not, I know I know the moment ex- you're talking about. Not as about. egregious as Thor: Love and Thunder, right? You, right? It was not that egregious. That's yeah. why, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Yeah. Um, if I were to go back and watch it, I could I jot them down for you. But um, I do. I just get that sense that there were there were are at least two or three moments where I. I there, I'm pretty yeah. sure there were a couple around like wasn't there was a yeah there was at least one or two moments around the table like when rockets dying on the table and they're they're not sure what's going on and like Drax is like second best friend and it's like why why that's why are you trying to lighten this mood um <laughs> let it let it hang yeah yeah I mean, for so, me, so none of those moments bother. <clears throat> excuse me. I know I, I remember all the moments you're talking about, um, and none of them bothered me when they happened. Um, just because they were all, they were all consistent with characters, and you're right. so that helped. You're I right. think if it was someone yeah. who was just like I think for a lot of people cuz there's a lot of people who don't like um there's a lot of people who don't like uh 
Thor Ragnarok. And the reason they don't like Thor Ragnarok is because they they don't find it consistent with Thor's character. And you know, you know what? Like I'm yeah, I really like I'm Thor wondering. Ragnarok, but but I'll agree. <laughs> like it was a big it was an ask of the audience to say, "Hey, we're going to change this kind of quite a bit right in the middle of things." And this is just kind of who Thor is now, okay? And and the audience and a lot of the audience said, "Okay, great. We're on we're on board. This is hilarious." And a lot of the audience said, "What? No. Like we yeah. really liked this sort of Shakespearean yeah. element." In that of- movie, Thor should have been like super serious pretty much through the whole thing. They should I don't think they should have done the talking to the hammers thing either. Right. <laughs> I think yeah, that yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. The 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 levity should have came in the way of Jane Foster trying to figure out how to be a hero. Like keep all the goofy stuff Jane did. Oh, that's you're talking Thor Love all and the Thunder. Stuff, yeah. Throw out all the stuff Thor did. Yeah. Goofy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm saying this is a, a a grief I have with this film, the 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 extent of the humor or or where they placed it, but it's not it's not a major gripe. Okay. I don't, don't want to make it seem like it's as egregious as no somebody not dying. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not that bad. Like I said, it's only there were only a few points where I felt like a moment was ruined by humor. A moment of of heaviness was ruined by trying to lighten the mood. Right. And it would have been better if it just hung there in okay. in, a, in a heavy moment. Huh. All right. Um. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna go back. <laughs> back and watch it again just because you know i'm married with kids and time and money and but in the theater uh, you mean like when it yeah when it comes to disney plus i i definitely would love to like re-watch it and like jot down those points and and i would encourage you to watch the trilogy because or and even even throw in infinity war and endgame there like watch the guardian story because yeah. that's kind of what I have the advantage of being able to do right now, watching it like you know we're You've watching the MCU through recently. very recently. And Guardians three, not entirely, but in some ways, kind of goes back and makes the like if you just watch if you just watch Guardians one and two, it feels very much like like Peter Quill's story. Right, that that is the story that you're yeah. watching. Guardians of the Galaxy Three almost does a really great job of retroactively making the entire story Rocket's story when yeah. you've watched a, them all close together. Bit. Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's it's interesting. Um, let's talk about things we liked. All right, I'm going to start with the High Evolutionary. Okay. It's a little bit shameful that we got this high evolutionary character who's there for just one film. He's in and he's out. He's done. Way more badass, way more foreboding, and way more, oh my gosh, this guy's a problem than the feelings that we got walking out of Quantumania. <laughs> Kang, the big, oh shit, here we go. This is the bad guy. Uh, and he's still around. <laughs> and he's still around. But man, the high evolutionary in this movie 
he's a bad dude. <laughs> like, he just really, like, emotionless, heartless, calculating, calculating self-serving, powerful, like, physically, like, powerful. Man, menacing looking. He, man, I kind of wish it was the high evolutionary was the was our MCU threat moving forward. Yeah, I don't think he's that big of a big bad, but he was definitely. Yeah, he had a bet. I think in terms of like a scream presence and scariness, he, he definitely seemed scarier than Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, just, yeah, just better written, I think. Yeah. Um, I want, my hats are off. So here's the thing. One of my gripes, absolutely, they didn't kill anyone. But I, I salute, I salute James Gunn. I salute Marvel in that something I really liked was that there was no rekindling for Gamora and Peter. Yeah, I like that. That Gamora is dead. They yeah, really kind drive of the that same home. way. Groot from Guardians One isn't Groot yeah, from Two and I'm Three. I'm not the same this Gamora. Is a Gamora. Yeah, and I kind of thought right at the end that maybe there was like hope for it, and maybe they will at some point down the road rekindle. Yeah, they'll cross there's a, there's paths. A, there's a flicker there. Yeah, because she's got that. She spark. says, you know, she stops and kind of smiles and says, I bet we had, I bet we we were a lot of fun, weren't we? And he was like, the, the best. And then that's kind of it. And I was like, oh, this is going to be like a, you know. But that's before we find out that, like, Peter's leaving. That this is all splitting up and going yeah. in different directions. And then she said, because I was surprised when... Gamora is back with the Ravagers. Yeah, and they're treating her like a family. The thing yeah. that was what drew her to the Guardians in the first place. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Like, but ultimately, I applaud it. Ultimately, I was like, yes, that is a way of because it wasn't James Gunn that brought Gamora back. It wasn't James Gunn that killed Gamora. It wasn't James Gunn that brought Gamora back. Right. Right. That yeah. was the Russo brothers. He, he just had to deal with the consequences. He had to say, he had, yeah, someone else took the characters that he had been developing and m- made some pretty big changes. Turned um, them into their puppet and plaything. <laughs> and so I think James Gunn did a fantastic job of going, okay, but we can't act then like nothing happened. It can't just be business as usual. Gamora, this is not the same Gamora. And although this is the MC, MC fake death you, there needs to be consequences. And I think James Gunn gets that. James Gunn's such a smart guy. Stupid DC fans, shut up. He's going to do great. Um, <laughs> I He's a smart guy. And I think he is probably looking at the current state of the MCU and realizing that it the stakes part of the MCU have kind of been a little neutered and that he, that this was like, he did a good job of taking something that felt like one of the examples of zero stakes 
because Gamora's just back. And we've referenced that. We've been like, ah, Gamora's dead. Ah, Gamora's back. Not the same Gamora, but basically the same Gamora. You know, just Gamora from a couple years earlier. No big deal. And James Gunn came in and he's like, no, no, not the same Gamora at all. And very big deal. And the things in Gamora's life that happened previously that made her the Gamora that you knew, well, those things haven't happened now. And so she's not the Gamora that you know. And she's not going to be. I really, really applaud them for for keeping her character consistent in this with this new, hey, like, I'm not interested. <laughs> like, I don't want to join your guardians. I don't know that I necessarily consider myself a good guy. Like, it was, yeah, it was so yeah, refreshing. She just wants to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so refreshing. Um, Speaking of people she wants to kill, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, my man. He's so good. Uh, he's like, it, Brianne was saying coming out of the theater last night, she's like, I feel like he's just in a lot of things where he's like this small cameo role that shows up for just like a small part of the film and then he's gone. And I'm like, yeah, he does that a lot, but it's still so good. Like, yeah, he he's perfect for it. He deserves to have major roles in film, like the leading man in more films. Oh yeah, watching this last night, I as as he was on screen during his scenes, the thought went through my head: this is my Green Lantern. Yeah, he's he's easily yeah. He's just so good. Like, he's one of the reasons Firefly is as good as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Did um, did you cry? Did you tear up? What was your emotional experience throughout this film? I, it takes a lot to really make me tear up. Yep. In a, watching a film. Yep. I didn't cry, but I got, like, kind of tighten the chest in a few moments. Yeah, a little misty. What yeah. so what were those moments? Um the the kind of the 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 last the later parts of Rocket's origin story were pretty yeah. choking. <laughs> yeah, when Lila um, and Teef and Wheels and Floor or Wheels? No, Teef, <laughs> Wheels. Lila and Floor and Teef when they yeah, when they die. Yeah, and and just that whole kind of culmination of that story. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the 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 rocket rocket being on the, on the table and then unable to save him was right like almost at right near the beginning was pretty crazy. It's so upsetting. Like it, I was like, like it, it was. I don't think it was like tearing emotional but it was like jarring emotional like oh crap like yeah how much of this film is he gonna be in yeah like you were like, saying is this gonna be a revenge tale yeah you were saying they shouldn't kill rocket and i don't know where i stand i was on saying that. they shouldn't kill rocket because i liked the ending i like the idea right. of rocket leading them at the end if he if he had died and somebody else had led them i guess i guess that would have been fine yeah like it would have it would have given different motive to the film, right? It would have mm -hmm. been more of a revenge story than, than, uh, than what it was. Right. Which 
I don't think is on par with what the Guardians are. So you're you're writing, you're you're creating the Guardians to be something that you, they weren't created or written to be up to this point. Right. Right. They're Guardians. They're not the Revengers. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, I don't think that there was anyone else that you could have put in that position. There isn't anyone else that you could have put on that table that would have elicited the same emotional response. And I think part of it is, uh, he's so cute. He's cute and fluffy. (laughs) But I think a big part of it too is we know, like, even though it doesn't get unpacked until this film, we know that, that Rocket's got a really dark past. Yeah. We know that some awful stuff has happened to him. Yeah, we know it's been alluded to even if you've just watched the films. It's yeah. been alluded to. We know that Rocket is a massive emotional softy in a hard crusty avoiding emotions package. Yeah. And that yeah. he's oh man, I just like I was the yeah. scene where he's rescuing the animals was pretty. Oh man, his like him, connection him, with him re- the connecting with the other raccoons, with the other raccoons, and looking at the sign and realizing I am a raccoon. That is what I am, and that line where finally he acknowledges it. He says the name's Rocket, Rocket Raccoon, and I was like. Yes, like it. It wasn't quite to the same like cheering in the theater level as when like Captain America catches Milnir, but it was like it. It just hit. Like it felt so uh, good. And the way he does it too, like they it, they he uses the grav boots we see him using earlier in the film, and he just like completely technologically his his tech is better than the high evolutionary's tech so it supersedes it's like once again he has outthought the high evolutionary yeah and and it's been his evolutionary's undoing yeah yeah so that was that was amazing the first moment that i would say i was like i felt liquid in my eyes not like tears running down my face not stuff that like wouldn't just dry and dissipate on its own but felt like okay like my vision might be getting a little blurry here from <laughs> from some of the the tears that are forming um was actually nebula's response over the comms to hearing that rocket was was yes. up and moving right and yeah. she just like breaks down and says, we all love you, and we're we're happy to to hear you up and about or you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh <gasps> like I just you know, which was yeah. so bizarre. I'm like A big character Nebula? moment for her. Nebula is making me emotional. Like, what? So there was that. Yeah. There was the I got a little bit emotional, but then there was a better payoff for it. I got a little bit emotional when Drax is is goofing off and interacting in front of the kids because I, it it just clicked that Drax was the one there that has been a parent. Yeah, he knows how to had kids. deal with kids, and so it made me a little like, oh man, like you know, this is getting me yeah. in the feels. But I, then when Nebula says to him, "You were never meant to be a destroyer." You were meant to be a dad. 
Yeah. It's like, ah, it just like, it was part of what was such a, it's part of- I literally just got shivers when you said that. (laughs) Yeah. It's part of this movie doing so good at bookending everyone's story, right? Because that is, that is the beginning of Drax's story is that his wife and daughter have been killed by Ronan. And he's out for revenge. He's out for revenge. And so he's got this longing inside of him to, to, you know, and it just connected with me. It resonated with me. As you know, that like yeah. when you're when a you're man a dad, who's lost everything the only thing he wants is to destroy. <laughs> yeah, when you're a dad, there's this like there's this part of you that is opened up. There's this part of you that you tap into, where you know that this is the moment to start making. Even though they're horrible monkey noises, this is the moment to start making monkey noises and and goofing off. And I still or dance, even yeah. though dancing is for idiots. Yes, exactly. And so I, it was so good. It, um, I love Drax's line because he then all of a sudden, because a real issue in this film up until this point is like, we don't know what language he's like. Nobody knows yeah. how to commune with these people. And it, that we can't do it on counter earth and we can't do it on this ship in these cells. And then all of a sudden Drax just starts doing it. And Nebula's like, why didn't you say you know how to speak their language and Drax is just like why didn't you ask me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you good just assume I'm an idiot <laughs> yeah it's so good um surprisingly the moment that really got me though and I think it was like I don't know if it would have gotten me as a standalone moment and it's interesting because I think this is a moment that isn't going to work for everybody and didn't work for Brienne. So when I was like, this is the moment that really like this, this was the moment where the tears left my eyes and were like escaping to other areas of my face. And I think it was just like an emotional buildup of everything else. But for some reason, when Groot says, I love you guys. I was just like, okay, like at that point I was already on the edge of my rope and then it just like, for whatever reason that did me in. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. That one pulled me out for a second. Which is what what Brienne said too. What? Yeah. But but there have been iterations of Groot in the comic that have spoke. So yeah, I mean, and he even, he had the, you know, the old Groot said, we are Groot. So there has been capacity to deviations from yeah there there is the capacity for a Groot to speak both yeah maybe maybe they both maybe they both could and Groot's just a major narcissist (laughs) it's just like I am Groot (laughs) yeah I'm just going to keep saying that oh man I thought Gamora mid-film being like I know who you are. Quit introducing yourself or whatever her line was was kind of funny yeah then at the end she like it without even realizing it, she understood what he was saying was kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that we'd uh, kind of heard that I'd heard that was going around going into this was that it was, you know, it's it just like every other MCU film, it's PG-13. But that this was the first Guardians of the Galaxy film specifically that people who had seen it, critics who had seen it and stuff like that, the question that was kind of out there was critics saying, I don't 
know if I would take my kid to go see this. I don't know. Well, the but, stuff with Rocket in the early in the, the flashback. The was stuff with Rocket dark. is pretty dark. Um, the discovery that Rocket didn't just scratch the high evolutionary's face; he Tore mutilated him. <laughs> he r- rendered him unrecognizable. Yeah. Um, which I loved, and I thought that like that reveal was so powerful. Oh and the the mask coming off his face as he fell, and oh, there yeah. was that like one long strand that just kind of like pling. <laughs> <laughs> it's gruesome. It's gruesome. Yeah. Um, but it, it, seeing how bad Rocket messed him up, I think added another layer for me to Rocket's backstory. That like this this critter who up until this point had shown no even inclination into violence. Yeah. He just had friends. He wanted to build rockets and fly with his friends and do all this stuff. Um, he he really took this guy within an inch of his life. Um, yeah. And so I thought that was powerful. Something I yeah. knew was in this film, I don't know if you knew this, I knew this was in the film. I had a rough idea of where it was and what the context was. But we we would be doing this review a disservice if we did not talk about the fact that we have our first f-bomb in the mcu yeah i was a i i heard or read something about it before i went into the film yeah and it's it's they don't make a big deal out of it it's not no. like the punchline to a joke we don't you know it, it's just kind of a it happens and we move on yeah it happened I barely registered it only because I knew of this fact. Yeah. But I don't even like thinking back, I don't even remember where or when it happened. So it's it's on counter earth like, when they're taking this couple's they're taking this car and Nebula's having trouble opening this like nineteen seventies door handle, right? And he's like, push push the button. She's like, I am pushing the button. I, it looks like you're it looks like you're pushing the keyhole. Push the button. Okay. <laughs> And then finally she like pushes the button in and she's like, okay, and then what? And he's like, get in the effing car. <laughs> like, and then that was it. She just got on, you know, like we cut to the next scene or whatever it was. Um, yeah, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I think there will, it's possible there'll be a lot of people who are upset about this. They'll go like, okay, the MCU is no longer like. Well, it, fit, it fits so perfectly in that scene because he's so frustrated. He's with so her. frustrated. And it doesn't violate, you know, the MCU, here's the thing. I think a lot of people out there are like, you know, the MCU's promise, the precedent that they've set has been that they're they're kid movies, that they're kid-friendly, that they're blah, blah, blah. And that's not true at all. It's not true at all. Right, take they're a very film. Dark films. They're very dark like, films at times. Thanos right? killing his daughter. That's well, not even that's, that. So what? in Infinity no, no, War, that's just one example. <laughs> yeah, that's, in Infinity War. Infinity War, make no mistake, is the film that will go down in history as the largest depiction of mass murder. Not only in. Marvel, not only in film, but in all of fiction literature ever. He doesn't just kill half of the people on Earth. He kills half of the people in existence. It's yeah. it's dark. And so, <laughs> the precedent that the MCU has set, and Deadpool is going to be 
sort of a, de- a temporary departure from this. But the precedent that they've set is that these films are PG-13. And within PG-13, you're allowed so many shits, you're allowed so many, so much blood, you're allowed so much whatever, you are allowed one F-bomb. And still be PG-13. Now, up until this point, the MCU has not utilized it. Um, But I was listening to an interview with Chris Pratt, and Chris Pratt was saying, you know, I'm not the first... This isn't the first attempt, right? Like, quite often, people will ad-lib trying to get actors in the past have ad-libbed, you know, Robert Downey Jr. did it, everyone's done it, um, trying to to sneak an F-bomb in. And they always end up not using that cut. Um, but something about... So they they shot this scene, and then I guess James Gunn looked at, at um, Chris Pratt and said, okay... Try it again, but just for fun, say this. <laughs> just just do it and say, you know. And so then Kevin Feige, they took it to Kevin Feige, right? Because he's got the final, like, say on something like that for sure. Um, and Kevin Feige kind of said to James Gunn, like, ah, I don't know if, you know, you, you don't want to be the guy. You don't want to be known as the guy that brought the first F-bomb into the MCU. And James Gunn was like... I'm sorry, do you know me at all? I absolutely want to be known as the guy guy that did that. Um, But it worked. It worked. It was fun. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's not the, the, an F-bomb is not the darkest thing in this film. If you're questioning whether or not you should be bringing your kids to see this film, the F-bomb is not, should not be the thing that you're getting hung up on, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, Let's talk about the new Guardians team and what this kind of means moving forward. So we get our post-credit scene, our first po- first post-credit scene, the mid-credit scene, and so we have a new team. One of two. We have Rocket, obviously, is leading, and where you find Rocket, you will find Groot, and so we Groot have Groot. Looks awesome. Groot looks so good. Um. Oh man, hang on. Pause, pause. If we're talking about Groot and how big and cool he is here, when uh, was it was I think it was Nebula it was like um, Groot, go kaiju. <laughs> Groot yeah. gets really big. That was so awesome. The kaiju. I thought of you because I knew we were watching the it oh, at man. like roughly the same time. Yeah. And uh, and so when that happens, yeah, I thought of you, oh, and I was I like, was oh, so Carl's. Great. Carl's loving this moment right now. There's been some really cool moments in like animated Marvel features where Groot's done something like that. And I thought, I've always thought, oh man, I hope the MCU does that. Yeah. Because it is so cool. Yeah. Um, so we have, we have them. We have Cosmo. Who, I mean, Cosmo's kind of been a part of the team in this film sort of like Cosmo's become more and more Cosmo really made a big appearance in um, the holiday special where all of a sudden it was like, Oh, okay. Cosmo's hanging out at HQ and, and seems to be a part, not maybe not a part of the team, but is like, you know, he's, he's, he's been brought into the fold in a more significant way. Yeah. Um, 
what are your thoughts on Cosmo being a part of the new Guardians? I think team? it's fine. I think he, he's he fits. He, he's part of kind of Guardians of the Galaxy mythos to begin with, right? So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I have no problem with. I have no problem with anybody on the team. Just okay. Then we so put it. then we have Craglin. Yeah. Who I I love Craglin's story arc in this film. Yeah, yeah. Craig, the way I like the the way they teamed his story up with, um, oh shoot, <laughs> so bad with names. The dog, uh, Cosmo. Cosmo, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that was a fun little story arc in this film. Then we have Adam Warlock. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, uh, it's worth noting. I'm not a big Will Poulter fan. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that also hurts the Adam Warlock. Char- my interest in the Adam Warlock character in this. I mean, like, I haven't. I haven't seen a lot of his. No, neither have I. But what I have seen, I'm just kind of like, eh. Okay, I don't. I like. I don't get the I, hype. I think he's from got what crazy I have eyebrows. seen, I, I don't mind him. He's like the most prominent image I have of him in my mind is the Millers. And he's just like a real yeah. goofball in that, which he's kind of in this. Yeah. But this gives me like, I feel like, like he's got a lot more range than, than uh, give him credit for. Yeah, maybe I. He just we just didn't see it in this, <laughs> so yeah, it's, you know, um, he's definitely the strongest member of the new team. He's the most powerful member of the new team, um, but yeah, uh, well, correct. Well, it, it, like in terms of brute strength, you mean? Well, in terms of like his actual powers, I mean, he can fly. He shoots the cosmic. Right. whatever the, like shooting. an actual power level yeah. yeah cosmo might give him a run for his money but in terms yeah. of power level yeah but like ability to get stuff done craglin's up there too he doesn't have really any powers to speak of mm-hmm. right but like he's with with that air being able to control that arrow now he's a he's a menace yeah and uh, then we see the the mcu's introduction of phyla vell who is not referred to directly by name in this, um, but that's definitely who this character is. Um, and I was sort of confirmed it afterwards by going online and being like, "Is this, who the hell is that supposed to be? And I'm like, oh, okay, yes. Um, so Fy Lavelle, who in the comic books has gone as Corsair, she's gone as Captain Marvel. Most recently, I think the newest iteration... Um, is is it Martyr? Um, so, uh, yeah, in the comics, she's kind of like a... She's got something to do with the Kree. I don't fully know. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, apparently, she's going by Martyr. There, there's a quote here from her uh, on the Marvel database. The, the picture at the top has her labeled as Martyr. And there's a quote here. I am the chosen avatar of death. Oh, nice. Well, about pain, I'll teach you. 
now. I don't know. I who wants to go save the universe? <laughs> I I don't know if if and when we'll see. Like we won't see another James Gunn Guardians. We just Not won't now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll see another Guardians, or if this was just kind of a hey, the team continues on. Well, if our post like it. So that that being said, you don't think we'll see another Guardians. What do you think the the second post credit scene was about then? Um, well, so but so I mean, here's the thing: he's not a Guardian anymore. So the second post credit scene we get okay. is is sort of the the <clears throat> continuation. Like the movie ends and Peter's gone and he's reconnected with his grandfather. Uh, I got very close to weeping like a baby. Um, just because I, I'm like putting myself, I think I was like empathizing with the grandfather who hasn't seen this kid in 30 yeah. years. And like just this emotional breakdown. Um, and they're sitting there and they're chatting and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's all great. Did you notice the newspaper headline? Oh, no, I didn't. So Peter's reading, is it Peter reading? The, no, Peter's eating cereal. The grandfather's reading the newspaper. And the newspaper is um, something like celebrity Kevin Bacon goes missing, blah, blah, <laughs> no blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um, and then it That's ends. Hilarious. The very last thing we see on screen, as we've seen, you know, it used to be, used to be commonplace. An MCU film ends, and it's, you know, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. Uh, Captain America will return. You know, blah, blah, blah. The Avengers will return. This time we got Star-Lord will return. And I was like, huh. <laughs> like, that surprised me. I was kind I kind of just thought, like, okay, that's it. That's it. That's done. It's over. Um, So, obviously... Chris Pratt as Peter Quill is coming back. My guess would be that they have intent to use him in either or or both um, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Because hmm. I in the like between right. now and then, I don't know where else you'd plug him in. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Looking at the slate, I, there's nothing else that that kind of makes sense to me between now and then. Yeah. Um, but just because he's coming back doesn't necessarily mean the rest are, right? Like, we know that no. Drax is done. Drax is not coming back. Yeah. Gamora may, right? I sort of alluded to, there is the potential, I guess, for some rekindling in the future. Um, but we know Drax is not good. Dave Bautista is not coming back. Um, so I, it's possible that, well, that we're not going to see the guardians. Hang on. Dave Batista has gone on record saying I'm done. I'm not coming back, but we've talked about this before with like Robert Downey Jr. And Chris Evans. And, you know, if the studio backs up a a truckload of money to your house and dumps it on your front lawn, (laughs) are you going to say no? Like, so they've said well, they're not coming back, but that's that's yeah. I mean, I there's always there's always a chance these characters and these actors could come back. My impression of 
Dave Batista saying this was that that was kind of what he was told, right? Is that this is oh. this is the swan song for Drax? Okay, right. So, which I mean, they can change their mind totally, and I'm sure Dave Batista would come back and you know, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like, will Bradley Cooper be back? I don't know. Will Vin Diesel be back? I don't know. Do I really, like, because ultimately what it comes down to is, like, the movie ends, we get that mid credit scene, and we see the new team of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, I, I, don't, I don't need to see a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 4 with this team. Like, that doesn't interest me. It just, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing about the Guardians, right? The Guardians are like the Avengers. Oh, it's, yeah, they're, all, they're constantly changing, swapping up. Yeah, the, 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 there's, it's a, it's a, what be it's a team that the the characters on the team are ever changing. Yeah. It's not like a revolving door, but you know, like we've seen, like the, the, the guardians at the end of the first film aren't the guardians at the start of this film. They're, they're, no, we've got a different group. Gamora's not there. Nebula's on the team. Um, and Craig, like Craiglin's not an official member, but there's, a, there's a few kind of unofficial members there too now mm -hmm. well and i mean when the guardians of the galaxy were first introduced in the comics back in the 60s this was not the like the team that we see on screen was not the team right like yeah. the original i've got it pulled up here the original team was yondu major victory martin x charlie 27 and Starhawk. We've seen a number of those members on. <laughs> We've seen a number of them on they're screen. Not the, they're not the Guardians. No, they're the Ravagers. Yeah, which was a fun kind of little Easter egg in um, in both Volume this Two one, and yeah, in this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, sort of led by because um, I think one of them is played by it's Stallone's character, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of different, like, people uh, people who have been in it. You know, Beta Ray Bill was a Guardian of the Galaxy at one point. If you're going to plug Beta Ray Bill in, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of feels like that it kind of feels like what you could get away with. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it, Beta Ray Bill would kind of feel weird. I mean, obviously he could pop up in Thor, but the other place that you could kind of introduce him in in the MCU would sort of be this Guardians of the Galaxy universe because it's it's got that sort of silly space. Everyone kind of looks crazy and weird, and you'll just accept odd species, anyways. So I don't know. I'm also not a massive like I you know everyone's like we got to get Beta Ray Bill I'm like oh, do we <laughs> like I I don't know I don't care <laughs> like he had they did kind of um, Easter egg him in, in Ragnarok in yeah 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 
So I don't know. I don't know. Um, is there anything else about this film that is um, that you that you want to chitty chat about? Oh man, I don't know. The I don't know. I, I, they were cool. I'm still on the fence if they are a a bad thing or a good thing for not only the this movie but the universe as a whole, especially kind of the the space universe is the med packs. Okay. Go on. Like as long as the person's not dead, you're fine. You're fine. Like yeah, like Mantis's I mean, arm is like broken in six places and she throws one on and hits a button. It's like, up, oh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That felt like, a little, we're talking about like, or, or like we've talked to death about the consequences of death in a film and the importance of it. Well, getting maimed and hurt also, also is a part of that. Yeah. Right. So like when, when, when crap was going down right at the beginning and our guardians were like almost all being completely decimated, I was like, Oh crap. This yeah. movie is going to have some serious stakes. Like Mantis's arm is broken. Drax can barely breathe. Rocket's practically dead. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Nope. It's okay. They're good. One button push. It's like, oh, what? Yeah. what? Oh, oh, okay. Like a really cool kind of like sci-fi um, tech thing, yeah. you know, like. Uh, sort of like portable back to tank. Port- yeah. Portable and much faster back to tank. Like immediate. Yeah. So, <laughs> that kind of, I don't know. I, I'm unsure how to feel because it's really cool. Right? Well, you have it's kind of like almost a lot of- video game-esque. Uh, yeah. Med pack. Because <laughs> in order to buy into it. at the same time, like I said, it, it kind of like it diminishes stakes. Yeah. In order to buy the, into so it. So for the whole film, anytime anybody looks like they're getting hurt, it's just like, ah, just throw a med pack on it. <laughs> yeah. It's because you wonder like what is, what is happening internally? <laughs> like yeah. what, what is the actual biological thing that's going on here? Yeah. Well, but like here, here to, to the kind of, yeah, I'm. You know what? The more I talk about this, I'm gonna put it in uh, a thing I didn't like. It's a beef. It's, this is a detriment to the film. All right. Is it's it's a beef. These med packs are a beef. They're officially a beef now. Now that we're talking about it, when they are on the living organism space station thing, and shit goes sideways, people start getting hurt. Yeah. The whole time I'm just like, ah, they're just gonna put a med pack on it. Right. I didn't feel like there were any stakes. Yeah. The worst stake in that situation was they're going to get caught. Right. They're going to get put in handcuffs. That, right. That that seems inconsequential. <laughs> yeah. Compared to to person's arm is broken and now has to go through the rest of the film with a broken arm. Yeah. No, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. I cuz I did effort like I really enjoyed that initial fight. And I, and yeah. there was something about like about when the fight is brought onto our turf. turf. Yeah. And you know, people are kind of like they're not in their armor and their battle gear. They're just like grabbing guns yeah. out of their locker and like 
not ready for it. Not ready for it. Yeah. So that was that was that was cool. That was cool. But yeah, the med pack thing. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The moment, a moment that I was like, <gasps> this is like the moment in the film that I think had me grinning from eye to eye, cheek to cheek, ear to ear, was when they're on the high evolutionary ship and Groot like opens up and pulls all these guns out of him and gives Peter oh, gives yes. Peter his guns and then Groot's just like spinning around, like shooting all these blasters in every direction. That was, I was really like, cool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, uh, so that good. That was a really cool moment. So good. Yeah. Oh man. The, um, that, that whole kind of fight from like when they, they leave Nebula from that point forward, that kind of story arc from with following those two characters to when they finally are all back on solid ground and they get the thing out and then they have to and barely miss get, miss getting hit by the mantis ship and like when they when he jumps out of the the spaceship yeah <laughs> evolutionary is just like that's an that's an odd tactic <laughs> yeah plummeting to an exploding planet that's uh yeah all right so a groot growing wings to and not then fly but glide with style and it's it is really funny that while this is happening on the outside of the ship trying to get in to rescue them is other members yeah. of the team. And you're like, And you oh, actually no. see Groot and, and Star-Lord fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. We gotta That's get so in good. and rescue them. Yeah. And then finally they communicate. Like, the first thing the first thing Rocket says when he wakes up is like, where's, you know, where's um, Drax and Mantis and Nebula? And they're like, oh, you know, they're, you know, they're whatever. And he's like, why are they trying to call you? <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, and they turn around. And they're like, oh, shit, there is a call coming in. <laughs> and then, yeah, Nebula's like, you know, we're here. We're here to get you out. And he's like, what? Where? We're here where? <laughs> On the high evolutionary ship. And he's like, oh, no, what? I already got out of there. <laughs> like, we, you, we jumped off. You yeah. what? <laughs> You should know that by now I will always find a wicked awesome way to escape any situation. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. Yeah, okay. Was really fun. Do you have anything else or is it time to rank this oh, bad man. boy? It was part of the trailers, but it just, it for some reason it hit like hit differently in a good way. Uh, but when Drax throws the ball at the kid, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Drax just, in this film was great. He I'm pretty sure I ha like I said about my other beef about kind of like using humor to kill heavy moments. I think he was the the, the egregious one for that if I rewatch it. Right. But also moments where it was right, it was usually him again. But they they were awesome. Like when they're in the the the, the rabbit's house, were they rabbits? Uh, I don't. Uh, th some of the species. It seemed like it seemed like all of the species that the high evolutionary was testing on that we saw in those flashbacks were all sort of earth based creatures. I'm pretty sure they were rabbits. But then, anyway, uh, well, were, I they, thought a lot of the creatures on Counter Earth were like 
animals that originally would have existed somewhere else in the galaxy, not from Earth initially. And so that's kind of what I thought they were, was like some super evolved version of some animal we we didn't know. I think they were all earthly animals. Were they? Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure they were raptors. Anyway, <clears throat> they were in the house and Drax is laying down on the couch and everyone's giving him a hard time. He's like, this is what it's for. Even yeah. Star-Lord's like, no, you're supposed to sit up. And the whole time he's just like trying to lay down. <laughs> well, I liked, like, I liked Peter's. That was great because it's not like a heavy moment. Yeah. And he's bringing humor to this kind of mild moment. <laughs> it's really good. I liked Peter's line to the high evolutionary where he's like, you know, high evolutionary is talking about like the absolute perfect ideal world or whatever. And Peter's like, I'm pretty sure that it, you know, a, a cockroach <laughs> oh. selling meth to a porcupine is not a part of that. Yeah. When we were, yeah. When they were driving through <laughs> so the town funny. and it like, it was like, this is yeah. Earth to a T, just with animals. <laughs> just with animals. It was yeah. like, yeah. Uh, it was like um, Zootopia. Yes, it was a live action Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, sir. On a scale of zero to ten, how would you rank Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Uh, I would hit it somewhere in like a seven point five eight range. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. How about you? Um, I think eight. I think an eight. Eight out of ten. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. I think I definitely like it. I like it better than the second Guardians of the Galaxy. I may like it better than the first. I don't know. But it might be my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy. But there's also recency bias, right? Like I just like just got out of the theater last night. The hype is still there. So it would take some time yeah. and maybe one or two more viewings to kind of really figure out where it ranks among the others. Um, but I really liked it. Really liked it. Yeah, yeah it was great. Yeah. I uh, Good film. Cool. Good Marvel film. That's great. Like, <laughs> like, again, and it yeah, like it gives we me were, this bizarre false hope where i'm like are we back yeah. on track we were like we were ranking you were kind of we were kind of very quickly going over and kind of sub ranking all these uh show these films and shows since endgame and like most of the, the ones that worked weren't awesome there was very few that were awesome yeah most of them were good, and and just as many that were good were bad. Yeah. So so to have something that just hits all the marks like perfectly. Yeah. Almost. Like yeah, like uh, both of us have the same big beef with it. Nobody died. Somebody should have died. But yeah, it it's even with even though it missed that mark, which uh, is a big mark for me, um, it's still really good yeah yeah for sure for sure all right well thank you so much for listening make sure you check out our facebook instagram and twitter all listed below check out our patreon which is an awesome wicked way to support the show for as little as a dollar a month and get some fun perks back in return and speaking of perks we got merch 
Merch. You know, every time I say we got merch, I'm expecting you to like sort of take it and run with it and just kind of be like, yeah, yeah merch. And then, we don't you know, have you, running shoes. Where am I supposed to run with it? We could. We could. Movie man just like movie shoes. man insoles. <laughs> insoles. You can step on us anytime you want. Yeah, movie men like therapeutics or whatever they are, you know, for our older <laughs> listeners, like Carl. <laughs> get, make, get some of those, um, I don't, uh, they're like crock buttons. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, no. No, because I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the, ca- I don't want to be in the category of um, people or, or brands that are somehow endorsing, supporting, or acknowledging the existence of Crocs. So that's, I, <laughs> yeah. no, no, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Yeah, not a Crocs guy myself either. Let's let's sidestep that one and yeah. make our own. We'll just make our own. Uh, it'll it'll yeah. they'll basically our look exactly sandal. like Crocs. Yeah, but they'll be you know some sort of smarter we'll movie man. Crocs, croaks. Yeah, we'll make some croaks. Yeah, and yeah, that won't yeah. that that's not gonna get us sued. <laughs>